0: What's up, you guys? This is Stardom alum, former two-time NXT Women's Champion, former two-time WWE Tag Team Champion, current WWE Superstar Shayna, two-time. And you are listening to the awesome, the one and only, Wrestle In.
1: Welcome to On The Indies, where we think professional wrestling is pretty neat. I'm MX Sharp, and I am joined by...
0: Adam Ryan. And MX, it's been a while since we talked.
1: It has been a while since we talked. You did a wonderful job on your interview with Chris the Brain. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, We released that uh, last month because I got very sick (laughs) and I couldn't record so um really really adam carried us on our on our back last month but we have lots to talk about now <laughs>
0: yes we do and i appreciate chris jumping in and, and helping us out with that if you don't follow him already chris the brain 74 on twitter and go back listen to the interview it's full of lots of lots of good stuff we talk john moxley we talk late night we talk upcoming cards he's part of so yeah it's really really good chat i had fun talking to him and he plugged it on his podcast for us too yay that's really nice yep uh one other thing i want to mention off the top here um before we get into everything else that we want to talk about so i don't know how many of you i don't know how many of you watched the revolver show back in september over labor day weekend but there was a four-way match let me find my it was masha slamovich zachary wentz allen angels and crash jackson during the match Crash Jackson suffered a rather unfortunate uh, broken arm, um, and he is going to be out for a very long time. It sounds like he's going to have to have surgery. So, um, I would like to, off the top here, plug his fundraiser he has going on. So, if you go to his Twitter, at the Jackson, that is T-H-E-C-R-A-S-H-J-A-X-O-N. Uh, his pinned tweet is the link to his GoFundMe. So go on there, support Crash. He's a really nice guy, and he could use your help.
1: Yeah, it's hard, you know, because we love independent wrestling and indie wrestling so much, and they take a lot of risks for us, but they also do not have health insurance. They do not. Yeah, so it's really important for us as a community who loves independent wrestling to do what we can to support the wrestlers and, and take care of the people in our community, you know?
0: Agreed. And I've seen Crash wrestle in person. He's really, really good. had a great match with uh, Madman Fulton back in April for Revolver. Um, And he was doing some really good work there before he got sidelined. So yeah, if you can go online, at least support Crash. If you can't support financially, uh, you know, at least retweet the fundraiser for him. I'm sure he would really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I will do that as soon as we get done this recording.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. I'm sure he will he will appreciate it. I did it myself the other I retweeted his thing and said, "Hey, please go support Crash." Yeah.
1: All righty. Well, on a little bit of a happier note, Adam, you wanted to talk a little bit about some entrance into the Wrestling Hall of Fame ballot this year.
0: Yeah, so um I've mentioned this on previous podcasts with Karen. I think it was the first Noob Japan that I did with him when we talked Okada. Uh, but uh, I received my 2023 Wrestling Observer <clears throat> excuse me, Hall of Fame ballot the other day, um, and I noticed a few interesting names more in the modern performers section. I mean, the, the ballot is loaded with people who really deserve to be in there, um, but for the purposes of this podcast, there's just a few people I want to talk about in um, MX. Kind of get your opinion on whether or not you think that they maybe deserve to be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Um so the top can one on the top of the list for the uh modern Performers category is Mark and Jay Briscoe. And full disclosure, I've already vo I've already posted my ballot on Twitter and I voted for them because I mean, how can you not vote for the fourteen time yeah. Ring of Honor tag team champions? Yeah. Um, and Jay Briscoe being a two time Ring of Honor world champion, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then you know Mark he's going on the singles run having you know the unfortunate after the unfortunate situation with his brother earlier this year which has just dev- devastated everybody but yeah. um but I they they were the heart and soul of ring of honor um so I honestly think that they deserve inclusion and they've we've talked about them on previous podcasts they've wrestled each other they've wrestled all around the world ring of honor noah impact even can't forget about the little stint they had an impact last year
1: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure
0: so but you know they never made one thing that people probably hold it against them is they never made it to wwe um wow. and i can see how yeah but you know you kind of want to look at this what you've got to work with though even though they may not have made it to wwe how good were they in ring of honor
1: also, I'm I'm really happy to move a little bit away from WWE as the be all and end all of like importance in professional wrestling. You know what oh, I, I am mean? Too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I respect WWE. I mean, I watch WWE. Uh but I, I agreed with you. It's not the be all and end all of everything.
1: It's yeah. the biggest
0: platform for sure, but you know, there's people doing great stuff on the independence scene and impact and AEW and all this other, all these other places. So they deserve recognition too. And that's what the wrestling observer hall of fame is for. It's to recognize people who are just not in WWE. It's, you know, people in Japan, Mex wrestlers in Mexico.
1: People who are very important to wrestling, right? Whose work has had a significant impact to wrestling who have really just done the work, right?
0: Right. Um, and it and all around the world, it's even like a historical performers category for people going wrestlers from like the uh, previous, I think, 30 years is the cutoff. So if they were, you know, at the top of their career more than 30 years ago, they're still under historical performers. But um, I mean, there's some big names in there, too. It's like Sergeant Slaughter. But yeah, um, and Johnny Rougeau, some territory names from like the 60s and 70s. But like you said, WWE is not the be all end all.
1: Right, and I think I think well, part of the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is because I really believe in the importance of the independent wrestling scene for you know the health of wrestling in general, really. Mm-hmm. And I think you know by ma- that metric alone, uh, the Briscoes absolutely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, like they. Uh, they were they were the linchpin of ring of honor right they right um they they just did so much and they wrestled everywhere and yeah like they didn't go to wwe but you know i kind of i i respect that and i respect their their work and the the stuff that they did on the indies and the stuff that they did in japan you know and they're they're absolutely in the running for uh one of the best tag teams ever i think so you know when you look at their body of work and when you look at you know how much significance their role in ring of honor and like ring of honor's significant role to the independent wrestling scene i really do think that yeah absolutely they deserve to be on there
0: and i agree, i agree completely i mean like you said their significance not only the ring of honor but wrestling as a whole um independent wrestling impact um you know everywhere they everywhere they went they won titles and they and they were pretty much one of the marquee marquee teams anywhere they went um so yeah i voted for mark and Jay briscoe i mean if if nothing else i think they they deserve some recognition especially after the unfortunate um you know incident earlier this year where Jay Briscoe passed away in that auto accident yeah. so I think this would be a great a great thing for them if they were to get inducted into the Observer Hall of Fame yeah um, another name that I think I would be of interest uh, to everyone because of not only their importance in the independence scene but what they did in you know what they did in TNA and impact and also what they've done in aew is the young bucks the
1: young bucks. Okay, so anybody who knows me from literally everywhere that is not right here on this podcast.
0: <laughs> knows
1: that I am a huge fan of the Young Bucks. Young Bucks are re- are the are the singular reason why I am a wrestling fan. Um, my friends in order to get me into wrestling showed me Young Bucks tag matches. They kind of like walked me through like the best of their stuff from PWG. Um, And that was their hook for me. That's how they got me in. So uh, sometimes it really does take an effort for me to not talk about them literally all the time and to not compare everything (laughs) to the Young Hooks. So, you know, I'm coming from a place of bias, but I do mean it. And I think that I'm correct when I say they are the single most influential wrestlers of this decade.
0: I would agree with that, too. And then I'll be honest, the first time I saw the Young Bucks in Ring of Honor, I want to say it was like 2006, probably on one of those Dayton shows. Were they
1: as early as as 2006?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like the second or third show in Dayton I went to. Wow. And they were on the card. I think they were wrestling, I want to say they were wrestling Irish Airborne, which was uh, the Christ Brothers. Okay. And... Or this was somebody I want. I want to say it was Irish Airborne was the first match I saw at the, the, first match I saw the Young Bucks in in person, and I was like I was kind of confused. I was like, who are these Hardy Boys ripoffs? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's and I looked at my friend and I was there with, and he was like, who are these Hardy Boys ripoffs? <laughs> so we didn't think anything of it. We were like I'm like. And they you know they did some cool stuff. We're like, okay, yeah, they can. You know, they do. They do flippy stuff. They do this. They do that. And they're pretty. They're okay. They're not bad. We didn't think anything of it. And they kept co- kind of popping up on Ring of Honor cards here and there. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to All In, the original All In, they're 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 drawing ten thousand, eleven thousand people mm-hmm. to an independent show. It's got like Cody Rhodes and and everybody else on it, and this just like, wow, these guys came, you know, from working Ring of Honor, you know, working like opening and mid card matches in Ring of Honor in mid two thousands. Now they're drawing these huge houses with nothing more than like their name and Cody Rhodes' name and Hangman Page, I think, was on the show too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's like and wow, and Kenny obviously, yeah, and Kenny, yes, thank you. I've forgotten, <laughs> the, I've completely forgotten what the all in card was. <laughs> um, but and then they started AEW, and then right. they had the whole behind or being the elite series, which kind of helped catapult them to that next uh, next level too. Got them some social media buzz and all that sort of thing. So yeah. I think, if nothing else, for their contributions and helping start up AEW, um, that you know, they deserve to be in the in the Hall of Fame
1: for sure. For sure. But I I think it goes so much deeper than AEW. Um, I think, I think it goes, it's really like what they did, like what they did for with AEW and the way that they changed the landscape of wrestling is really significant. And like, I agree for that alone, they deserve to be in the hall of fame, but like, I don't want that to overshadow the importance of their work on the indies. They, you know, they really drove, you know, the reason why there was this huge groundswell of Of attention and support that led to a e w was because they they had they were the engine behind that in a lot of ways they were really mm-hmm. driving this this support and this excitement and b t e was a really big tool for that um because it sort of it it connected them to their fans right and they were able to not just market themselves, although certainly market themselves, but they were able to express themselves creatively. And I think they really uh, revolutionized a lot of the ways that wrestlers even engage with their fans in different media uh, to this day. You know, they kind of, yeah, they kind of started um, for, for better. And I think that they would agree for worse. Um, they started this sort of like Twitter, social media, you know, working a character sort of thing. You know, when mm-hmm. they got all of that flack from that from that stupid Booker T thing, they really leaned into it, right? They were like, yeah, right. we're brats. Like, yeah, we're really hateable. And they, they made it work and they made that part of their characters and they made that part of their whole aura, their whole draw. And it was like all of a piece. And BTE was a really important part of that as well. And I just think, you know, besides the fact that their their wrestling and their matches are just excellent. There have been so many wrestlers lately who were, you know, kind of active on the independent scene, you know, 2015, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18 and they were like the the young bucks are holding it down. <laughs> like they are right. the drivers. Like they are so influential to everything that was happening around that time um and like like you ask anybody it's not just me being a huge mark for for them although i am i cannot stress this enough a huge mark for them yeah i mean it's just a no-brainer and the thing is is that people hate them so much like the people who hate the young bucks hate the young bucks so much uh, it's really insane, and so it is unquestionable that the Bucks should be in the Hall of Fame. You know, like you said, for AEW alone, it's unquestionable.
0: Right, and can I make a con- confession here, real quick? Uh huh. I've never watched a single minute of BTE.
1: I, I, I don't know how to relate to you. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should go back, start them all from the beginning now.
1: I mean, my uh, homework. I, I, I always I always recommend starting but, from the beginning of BTE.
0: <laughs> but 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 anyway, point being that without the success of that first all in, it was based around that tweet that Dave Meltzer sent out. What was it? Twenty eighteen? Was, was it like twenty seventeen? He tweeted it out. It would have been beginning of twenty eighteen. It would have been twenty
1: seventeen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where he said they couldn't draw ten thousand people. I forget. I don't know if it was one of the Bucks or if it was Cody that replied it Cody. to him and said was it Cody? Yeah, it was he, Cody. they they said watch us do it and they did. Yeah, Cody so, was
1: like I'll take that bet.
0: That's what it was. Yes, I'll take that bet, Dave. Right. It's, um but without the success of that you have to think about it without the success of that first all in, if that first all in would have flopped, would right. there be AEW right now?
1: Right. You know, it was a proof of concept and there were so many different like Projects and, and shows and, and programs and, and companies that people would try to start over those years. Mm-hmm. And it, it flopped, you know, uh, for a variety of different reasons. So it's just, it's, it's just really remarkable how, how that was able to happen. So the, the, the fact that there is even a question that they would get into the Hall of Fame um is to me unbelievable um but there is a question
0: exactly and they're they're gonna be one of those polarizing candidates where you know like the old guard is gonna hate them uh because they're you know too cocky to this to that they're not they don't work rest holds they don't do this they don't do that um but like newer fans they're gonna be like okay yeah no brainer the Bucks deserve to be in there but I mean, yeah. and I voted, I voted for the Bucks. I'm like just on, just on the fact that they, uh, they helped carry Ring of Honor when they were there. They did had those huge matches with the Hardys in Ring of Honor. We can't forget mm-hmm. about those. I certainly and haven't. Then, and then they started AEW pretty much from the ground up. So I think just based on the career they've had thus far, they deserve to be in there. And how they've revolutionized wrestling. Yeah. With starting a second major company pretty much from out of nowhere
1: yeah yeah and you know i don't even think it's so much a difference between the old guard and the new guard i think it's you know there are there's a there's a there's a camp of trolls you know there's a mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's a that little, too there's a little troll outpost or a couple of little troll outpost outposts that like to be contrary and contrarian and to who like to ruin people's fun and who don't like the fact that the bucks aren't very tall and very manly and um and act the way that they do
0: right and and there's and there's certain things about the bucks that i'm not a big fan of like i don't like the whole just like when they do their backstage promos and they're like you know is the camera on is this is that i
1: love it i love it yeah i I mean there's certain
0: there's i mean i'm not saying it's not fun it's just certain things that i don't particularly in you know i'm just like eh. Okay, I could probably do without that, but I'm not going to dispute the fact that they're a really great team, and they had a fantastic... Like, even looking at the beginning of this year and into late last year, they had that giant series with... That Best of Seven series with, what was it? Um, Uh, Death uh, Triangle.
1: Uh,
0: Thank you, Death Triangle. Words are escaping me right now. (laughs) Um, So, and that was a huge, huge thing. They did a lot of that on TV. They could have saved a lot of that for, like, pay-per-view or whatever, but they did a lot of that on TV.
1: Yeah, they kind of don't... I don't think they they, they believe in, like, a lot of that stuff. I think they understand... Like, they believe in, you know, wrestling truisms, like, some of them, I guess, but, Hmm. you know, all of their career, they've been told, don't do this, don't do that, don't do the third thing. But the thing about, I think, for them, doing big matches like that, wrestling on TV like that, well, they always wrestled for whatever size crowd. Like, they mm-hmm. always wrestled their heart out. You know what I mean? I think for them, it's it was they were making a statement with that best of seven and that it's not about, you know, on TV or pay-per-view. It's about, like, they were they were really creating something with that. And I think... I uh they really kind of proved that you don't have to be a big meaty muscly man in order to be successful in wrestling. You Agreed. know, they are extremely small and to like to show that like like you don't have to do all this stuff. Like the biggest guy is not always the best guy. Um and it kind of you know caused all of wrestling I think to reevaluate like what the look is for a successful wrestler because the young bucks don't have quote unquote the look, but they are arguably the most successful wrestlers of all time.
0: Yeah. They're not big. They they wear like flamboyant outfits and things like that. Um, and like the briscoes kind of going back to the briscoes, you know, they had that, they had that unique look like Mark with no teeth and, and, and it's, you know, no upper teeth and Jay with that big giant beard and the bandanas and the tattoos. And you don't, you don't have to have, you don't have to be 300 pounds and look like the Barbarian or look like Hulk Hogan to, to be successful in wrestling. You really don't.
1: Yeah. And and they really they really proved that. So, you know, they created a bunch of jobs for everybody and they, re, you know, redefined what it was to be like a, a good wrestler. And they're amazing and perfect. And I love them. So they should go in the Hall of Fame.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Alright, one other name I want to talk about here. It's on the ballot. Um, and, you know, this person, you know, he came from the indie scene. He made it to WWE. He left WWE. Uh, now he's thriving in AEW, and that's John Moxley. I voted for John Moxley. Uh, yeah. If nothing else, from personal bias because he came up, uh, like I talked with Chris the Brain about on our previous episode, he came up through HWA. Um, he worked with people like sammy callahan and la knight um he came up through czw had those huge death matches in czw um and then got picked up by wwe and i think he worked he worked in florida uh, for fcw and then i think he didn't he have a match with william regal in fcw
1: i think they wanted to uh... I think they i think they did i think they okay. did i think I have they to go back check. And stuff
0: yeah i have checked the fcw notes a little foggy on fcw but then he came into wwe part of the shield had a huge room of the shield then he became wwe champion um and you know intercontinental champion tag team champion all that u.s champion you know all that sort of stuff so and then he left you know the land of vince and wwe and he went over to aew and he's thrived ever since he uh went to aew he had that big debut at the first pay-per-view uh he's part of the bcc now international champion world champion what two or three times over now i've lost count Uh, so i think just of all those accolades he deserves to be in the hall of fame
1: i think you know the thing about mox that's really significant to me is that you know he started on the indies that's how he brought up like that's how he was brought up and he was in wwe for a really long time and um you know and that that wasn't a system that that quite fit for him but you know he was there he was in quote unquote the big leagues um and then he went to aew and he was a really big statement signing for aew at the time right it was a it was really exciting it was really exciting how he came in and he's only like his star has only risen since then he's only become a bigger star since then and become more significant but the thing that really stands out to me uh when it comes to mox is that he has never left his indie roots behind agreed You know, he has, like, he never stopped doing the indies, he never forgot about his friends in the indies, you know, he's been working really hard and he's been putting a lot of, like, time and energy and effort, um, both, you know, in the ring and backstage, I think, um, to, you know, adding to and giving to the indies. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later about uh, the Revolver Grand Prix, but, Mm -hmm. you know, he was, he was there for that. He's been, he's been a a big part of Revolver lately. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was a part of that show in a small way. He talks up, you know, people on the indies who he, like, he's really impressed by. Um, And I think GCW
0: world champion
1: GCW world champion, exactly Um, And like I think he I think he comes I I think he's making a difference On the indie scene right now Even when he's One of AEW's biggest stars And like the break glass In case of emergency guy (laughs) For Tony (laughs) Khan Agreed,
0: Agreed. yeah, because he he took him Through that whole CM Punk period was the last year Uh you know after the brawl out and all that sort of thing um he took him through that period and he he held the he didn't want to but he you know he held the title rap until mjf took it from him last last year yeah Uh, and you know he's still doing great stuff with the bcc like you said he's still working with revolver um you know he had a big match with revolver was over the summary that huge eight man tag rebleed all over the place, and this thing Moxley does these wild hardcore matches on the indie scene.
1: Yeah, he does it for the love of the game.
0: <laughs> that's right. Um, you know he had these he had those matches with Nick Gage, uh, which I just listened to a podcast where they talked about uh, those matches with Nick Gage. So, um, and that was really really insightful because I hadn't seen any of those matches. They talked about um, a match he had and she. It was Nick Gage, John Moxley, and Drake Younger from CZW. Was a the match they talked about. Then they jumped forward. They talked about the two John Moxley and Nick Gage matches from uh, GCW in Atlantic. I think one of them was like Art of War Games. The other one was like the match on the pier in Atlantic City, where the two GCW matches they talked about. But
1: mm-hmm, yeah,
0: just for his contributions to in to the, in the indie scene uh, to WWE, even though like you said, it didn't really kind of he kind of didn't really fit there. They didn't really um,
1: believe in him, I think, they didn't. is the thing. They didn't believe that he could be a top guy, um, which was just a, a wild miscalculation on their they part, agreed. clearly. Um, but... Um, yeah, like he's he's done so much in so many different places, and he's still so very passionate.
0: And and one of the other things that I always take into account for when I when I'm voting for for people for the Hall of Fame is longevity. He's been wrestling pretty much nonstop since 2004.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Even even I think late 2003. Um, so he's he's been wrestling aside from the, you know the time he time he's been injured, or you know, that when he went to rehab. Uh, under eight when he was with a e w there mm-hmm. I gonna say was it last year? yeah, uh, because I think he, he had
1: just gotten back when um uh, that's the whole right stuff yeah. with, with uh, punk blew up and uh you know he he hadn't resigned yet'cause he was he was trying to figure out if he could be sober and be in wrestling at the same time
0: that yeah that's that's right, yeah, a lot of that stuff's kind of blurry from that whole period mm-hmm. um but yeah, just like the fact he's been wrestling since two thousand three, two thousand four, and a really hard physical style. Uh, I mean, I take that into account too because you know he's probably pretty banged up from wrestling all those years. So, but yeah. in terms of longevity, I you know he's got it there. In terms of longevity, he's got it. in Terms of what he's contributed, like he said to WWE and AEW and in the independent scene. So, I voted for him. I said, yeah, John Moxley belongs in all Hall of Fame. Every year, I had a ballot i voted for john moxley whether or not you know whether or not he gets in or not i always throw a vote his way i'm like he he deserves it
1: i did not get a ballot so i don't get to vote but (laughs) it's
0: okay that's why we talk about these things we can just be like okay let's let's discuss it's friendly discussion yeah um and then you wanted to talk about so those are the three people we, we we you know, on the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame ballot, we wanted to kind of mention and talk about because it kind of falls under our purview here of this particular podcast. Yeah, I
1: think I think all of them, um, the reason why we wanted to talk about them in particular is their contributions to the Indies. I think of all of the people who are on that ballot, they really made the most significant contributions to independent wrestling.
0: Well, um, I think so, too. Seth Rollins is another one that you could talk about his contributions to independent wrestling.
1: Sure, you could argue and that. I think
0: you could. Yeah. Um. Just for the record, other the peep the whole modern performers ballot. Um, in case anyone out there listening is interested, it's Mark and Jay Briscoe, The Young Bucks, Edge, Goldberg, Matt and Jeff Hardy, Becky Lynch, John Moxley, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall as a team. Uh, Paul Orndorff, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, CM Punk, Roman Reigns, Trish Stratus, and, and the Steiner Brothers. So that's the Modern Performer's Ballot for the Hall of Fame this year. But like I said, we kind of really wanted to focus our conversation on Mark and Jay Briscoe, Young Bucks, and John Moxley. I mean, we could probably spend a whole other hour talking about CM Punk as well.
1: I, you know what? I have talked enough about CM Punk. Over the course of the past year, I do not need to continue to talk about CM Punk any longer. I don't either. (laughs) So, yeah, let's leave that there. Um, All right. But speaking of Moxley, right, and all of his work on the indies and Mm -hmm. uh, in Revolver in particular, we watched the Revolver Women's Grand Prix. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really exciting. Uh, Adam, what did you think?
0: I liked it too. I liked the fact it was a, a very brisk watch at just over two hours. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of fluff in there. It was a really tight, compact show. Um, and to be honest, I'm typically not a fan of, of tournament shows. Uh, because you see, it gets repetitive after a while seeing the same people. But this is one tournament show I really enjoyed. Um just because you got to see a mix of different styles, you got to see different people, uh, you know, squaring off that you wouldn't really typically see square off. Um, and then they had some pretty, really fun non-tournament matches too. The um,
1: non-tournament matches were sleeper hits for me.
0: Yeah, I I was very curious about the Jordan Grace and Killer Kelly. Uh, against Jessica and Nevaeh match when I saw that announced, I was like, "Huh, that should be interesting." That um,
1: and interesting it was. I loved that match so much. Yeah, it was.
0: It was really fun, and it's also it's so good to see uh, Nevaeh back in action too. I mean, she's. I remember watching her on HWA TV back in like 2000 thousand six, two thousand seven. Oh wow! So, yeah, so she's she's been wrestling in at least the Ohio area for for a while, and she I think she was in, in Impact briefly too.
1: Yeah, I think the I think commentary mentioned that they were all former or current uh, uh, Impact knockouts champions, uh, tag team champions, former or current tag team champions. Yeah, yeah.
0: that that sounds about right because I think they referred to Jessica Nevaeh as the Killer Death Machines.
1: Uh huh. Yes, they did. Uh,
0: okay, and they referred to Jordan Grace and Killer Kelly as Grace Kelly, which I was like, "Huh, <laughs> that's kind of funny." Yeah. Kind of ref- harkening back to like the the old, the old movie star Grace Kelly.
1: This match was so much fun, though. Um, I I love Killer Kelly's whole deal. <laughs> I think she's fantastic.
0: I know. I cringed. I really had to. I really cringed and kind of looked away when they did the gum spot, though. Um, I was like, I was like, ew, ew.
1: so I remember, I remember Kevin Steen doing that in a, in a PWG match against the Young Bucks. So I knew it was coming and I've kind of been inoculated. Wrestlers are so gross. Man. I've... <laughs> They're so gross.
0: <laughs> The only PWG I've hardly ever seen are the three PWG DVDs I have on my shelf here. So I'm just like, I have barely seen anything.
1: I have seen um all of the ones with the young bucks in them, so I remember that one. Um but uh <laughs> it's just like I love I love Killer Kelly's um whole whole thing as a um as a uh freakish sexual deviant is I think what could best be described as her gimmick right now and it's wonderful. Yes. She's doing, an amazing job. I loved the back and forth between her and Jessica. Um yeah. where Jessica was Jessica was just like she is very scary. <laughs> she,
0: she made Nevaeh start. That was hilarious. She's like she was like no, no, you start. You start. I'm she, she Jessica was like, "Uh-uh, no, thank you."
1: <laughs> she was like, "Why are you doing this?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great. I I I love the fact that I love the character work from Jessica too when she gets in when she gets into that stuff
1: when i I remember I remember noting uh when I first saw her like the first revolver show I saw and I like imprinted on her immediately um and I was right re- like she's she's really wonderful in the ring she's got like a great character a great presence she's really engaging mm-hmm. um and I think she was a big part of what made that match so fun
0: oh i agree i agree and she's i mean first time like i re- i you know i remember seeing her as havoc you know and when she was like just going as jessica havoc and then havoc just 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 as havoc and impact mm-hmm. so i'm not used to i'm used to that whole dark presentation and then when she kind of reemerged from whatever dark realm um circles around the impact locker room right as jessica i was like this is weird as like i don't know if i'm gonna like this but i like it i think it's a lot a lot of fun
1: i'm obsessed with that um jessica spelled with a c and a k because she's sick i'm obsessed <laughs> i'm obsessed with her
0: she, she did the so she did the ring announcing for a revolver show I want to say it was like the spring. I want to say it was like the April show, because they did. I guess the per- regular person who did it couldn't make it, so she was the ring announcer, and she did a really great job. Yeah, she was so full of enthusiasm. Something would happen. I remember like she pulled the MLJ. You know, when when stuff starts happening in the ring, when she, in the middle of the introductions, MLJ always does the oh shit.
1: <laughs>
0: she did one of those, and like after the, I think it was the Crash Jackson Madman Fulton match where they just beat the crap out of each other um i think she got on the microphone she's like she's like fuck that was crazy <laughs> <laughs> and the commentator's were like yeah it was let's move on
1: she's so charming
0: one of the other matches i really liked on that show was trisha dora versus Emmy sakura
1: yeah and that was a
0: first round match that they absolutely tore into each other i think that was the best match of the show as a whole I I really do.
1: I loved both of the Trisha Dora matches. I I love Trisha Dora. Um uh, The Lariat Tubman is just an S tier wrestling move name. Uh it's yeah. it's fantastic. Like it I is. love that.
0: <laughs> and she when she connects with that thing, you can go searching. she just knocks your head off, be yeah, it that and they and Emmy Sakura, they talked about her, you know, she'd been wrestling for what, what did they say, twenty years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the, the only exposure I have of Emi Sakura is what well, she's been in AEW. Right. So I'm not familiar with really anything. And the, the, the Joshi people on the site are going to give me crap for this probably. But um, I'm not familiar with anything of hers from Japan. I mm-hmm. really am not. Um, so everything I've seen from her has been either limited to AEW or whatever she's been on in terms of like ROH or um, the independent shows like this she's been on. So that's just my exposure to Emi Sakura, but seeing her kind of let loose in this type of environment, uh, where she's not confined to like TV time restrictions and things like that. Man, she's good.
1: Yeah. I um I I also am not very familiar with, with Emi Sakura in Japan. Um I mean Joshi people come at me. Um mm-hmm. but uh
0: <laughs> i about to get trent trent or ryan about to get them on here i mean talk talk up me sakura yeah 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 for us
1: um but i mean she really is amazing her ring presence like the way that she engages with the crowd and you know she's she's such a master of of the ring and she's so self-assured it's it, like all of her matches i think are are really good um she's somebody that people like kind of kind of talk about like they talk about you know dustin rhodes like she did all of this stuff and Mm -hmm. you know she's such an important teacher backstage but she has stated and i think she's probably right like she's still in her prime like she's not ready to to hang it up yet she like she's going she uh, she has not reached her peak you know what i mean
0: i Love to see more of her in the Independence too.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was, um, there was a, oh, a while ago, there was a, uh, mystery wrestling match between her and, um, 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 I'm literally wearing her t shirt right now, Maki Ito. Um, <laughs> that I really want to check out. I really want to check out Mystery Wrestling. That's, um, Evil Uno's, uh, wrestling outfit. Huh. Um, i have been seeing him i've been seeing him post things that's a that's a north american indies that i that i really want to get into um it looks really interesting i think it's mostly available on patreon right now so i'm going to join that patreon i
0: think i was going to ask where it's available because if it was like on iwtv or youtube or something i would check it out um but you have to give us a you have to give us a report next time when when you watch it and let us know what's going on with that
1: yeah i think i'll i i think they don't have that many shows up uh right now so i think i'll like watch them through and i'll i'll report back but like from what uh from what uno has been posting so definitely follow him on twitter if you use that infernal hell machine um <laughs> like you'll definitely you know see more stuff ab- about mystery Wrestling. and i think you know he's doing He's doing a really good job what i really enjoyed seeing is like people who are kind of underutilized on aew still leveraging that platform and exposure like they still get like that boost that they still get um Mm -hmm. to like doing more stuff um you know in on the independent scene
0: i think think marina shafir is a great example of that
1: marina shafir is a great example um She's really fun because uh John Moxley has absolutely taken her under his wit wing, which I find to be very charming of him. You know, we talk so much, or I talk a lot, about, you know, the importance of women's wrestling and, and supporting women's wrestling. And and, you know, Mox is one of those who's like kind of putting his money where his mouth is when it comes mm-hmm. to that, because like I think that you know when you do that you use your platform to to uplift people who historically haven't maybe had that platform very much you know his his mentorship of marina shafir has been like really interesting to me and you know she's she's got interesting presence she's got you know her her matches on here were really good and um, I'd really love to see her on screen as part of the Blackpool Combat Club. To be, I was thinking the honest. same thing.
0: That would that would be great. And I find it I find it fascinating too that Marina Shafir wasn't NXT when Shayna Baszler was down there, uh-huh. and she was, you know, and she was also there with Jessamine Duke, um, who I should admit is a cousin of mine. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's like a fourth or fifth cousin, I think. Uh, but they did absolutely nothing with them because their names were not Ronda Rousey or Shayna Baszler. Right. So, right. and I find it, but she's getting all this exposure now on the independent scene. Marina, that is, um, Marie's getting all this exposure on the independent scene, mostly with revolver, but I think some other places too. Uh, and then she's com- been competing in AEW. Um, I think rampage and I think maybe occasionally on collision. Mm-hmm. I've seen her. Uh, but she, she's really, really good. I think she's one to watch out for next year
1: yeah yeah for sure you know she's definitely like she's one of those who who's really leveraging her her mma background i think she's a big jujitsu person um Mm -hmm. but uh you know that's not necessarily like a a sort of character that i super connect with but i think she's she's really like she's getting her reps in this year and i think i think you know her moment is 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 really coming
0: oh i think so i i think so too and and i when she was announced for the tournament, I was like, "Okay, well, she's gonna win it because she went to, she went into the tournament undefeated. She made it to the finals, uh-huh. and then I'm just like, I think everybody's a little disappointed. I'm not not to, not I'm not disappointed in the finals either, but I think." If you were watching it and you're like, okay, Marina's going to win this because she's undefeated and they're going to keep the undefeated streak alive. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're like, okay, well now, now what are they going to do? Now we're, now what is special about her? But she came back out on that, on the evening show, squashed Zoe, or Zoe Sky in like two or three minutes and then boom, she's right back to where she was.
1: Yeah, so I think.
0: She comes in, She come, she comes in, she just beats people up. And that's what she does. She you know, two or three minute matches and just keeping them short. She's, they're not exposing her, um, you know, exposing any weaknesses she may have. So they're doing these quick matches. She's build. they're building her back up. I think eventually she's going to, like you said, I think eventually she might be on part of the back Blackpool Combat Club in AEW.
1: I certainly hope so. I think, you know, the winning streak is like really fun and it's really interesting for, you know, a certain amount of time. But I think... Mm-hmm. When a wrestler only has the winning streak behind them. I mean, we kind of saw that with Jade Cargill. Not that I think that Jade didn't have more to give than like the winning streak and like those short, you know, dominant matches that she did. But like, that's kind of all that she had, all that she was given, you know? I, I and agree. so I think, I think that if, marina shafir was going to break her streak to have to have that streak broken in the finals and to have it broken against billy starks i think is um is is a good choice and is really significant because billy starks you want to talk about somebody who's a a breakout star of 2024 that is billy starks she's amazing she is so good just in the past year she's gotten so
0: good she had and i first time i saw her i hadn't seen her uh before i went to a revolver show last summer so summer of 2022 and she was in the scramble match and i was watching and i was like who is this she's really good and i saw her popping up on more and more stuff i think the match that really sold me on her was a match she had i forget who it was against but it was last year's jcw birthday show or anniversary show or whatever the one the one they do in the summertime like their great american birthday bash or whatever it was Forget who she wrestled on that show, but she, but it was a heck of a, it was a heck of a match. Now it's gonna bug me. Who did she wrestle on that? Let's yeah. see.
1: Well, while you're looking for that,
0: filibuster for a moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. You know. Similarly, I saw her on GCW, and I was like, wow. Like, just like her presence and how good she is, and she's very young. She just graduated high school, and I think which is
0: amazing to me.
1: It's incredible to me. And I really think, you know, she's the whole package. She has um like she has the skill and she has, you know, the the presence, the ring presence. She's so she's so good at at character. She's so good, you know, at expressions and selling and like being really hard hitting. It was really interesting to see her in this tournament because I think she's kind of carrying her character that she's doing with Athena in Ring of Honor right now into the rest of her appearances because she's still bubbly and cheerful but there's like a little bit of a brutal viciousness underneath it now which I can't get enough of um so like I really liked all of her matches in the tournament um uh, her her match. Oh, I against, did too. Yeah, her match against Rachel Armstrong was really good. Rachel Armstrong, I think, needs a little bit more time to cook, but I think she's another one that's gonna be uh, a real big one once she gets her reps in. Because I think
0: so too. I, I I'm I think the same thing. She needs a little bit more time, but she's getting there. And yeah. like the little push she's getting there in Evolver, she gave more exposure. And I think she's working like some more Midwest Indies, so that's going to help her out a lot. I and mean, even being in the ring with like Billy Starks, yeah. and I think she was in the scramble match like the the evening show they did. Uh, even being in the ring, I think she was against like Alan Angels, and she was who she was in there with. So being in the ring with just those those people is going to help Rachel Armstrong out tremendously. The match I was uh, that sold me on Billy Starks was Billy Starks versus Nick Wayne from the uh, oh, I JCW JCW. <laughs> JCW Great American Birthday Bash 2022.
1: I gotta go look that up. I gotta go look yeah. that up immediately. I bet it was amazing.
0: <laughs> I, that's, I told you. Uh, let's see. What was my... I gave it 7 out of 10. Well, that's back when I rated matches. Uh-huh. So that is a, on my scale, that is equivalent to 3.5 stars.
1: Alright. Alright. Yeah. Uh, I will definitely check that out because, you know, obviously I love both of them. But... Yeah, all of her I loved her match against Trisha Dora. Um really, really physical match. Uh really great. And then and then her match against Marina Shafir obviously mm-hmm. was, was excellent. The way that they really sold, you know, Marina Shafir is like quickly dominant, right? Like she gets in right. and she gets out. And that was her advantage going into this match. And then Billy's advantage is that she can take a lot. Of punishment yeah. um and keep going
0: they did the whole thing where it's like the baby face had the, had long matches going into the finals and the heel like marina shafir she had kind of short quick matches going into the finals, so the heel was well rested and then billy stark's coming in she's the face she's kind of tired and she's wrestled two long matches so far and she's you know she's exhausted she's working just basically off adrenaline and then she gets that she gets that sneak win it's just like oh wait what just happened
1: yeah yeah, because like the win was what she started doing because she was so exhausted. First of all, is there a has there ever been a better baby face in Peril than Billy Starks? I don't think so. She's incredible at it. Like she she Agreed. sells really good and she like really puts everything into it. Um. So, but like near the end, it was like she could barely function, right? And all she was doing was. T- trying to turn marina shafir's holds into a pin like that that yeah. was all she had left she didn't have anything left she could barely get out of uh, marina's clutches and it was just a like she just kept trying to, to hold her down and she like got it she, like, she finally mm-hmm. got it
0: and then the place went crazy when she got it and then moxley came out with the big trophy and we, 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 can we talk about too how great the commentary team was
1: we sure can. We sure can. Veda
0: Scott, Renee Piquette, and Gia Miller.
1: Gia Miller. Um Gia Miller was so funny. <laughs>
0: she was. She never does commentary, I don't think. She's she's the impact, you know, she's the impact backstage interviewer. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard her actually do commentary on matches. But she she was great. She was great. She was hilarious. I mean
1: the combination of all of them, like obviously Veda Scott is a legend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're always great to listen to, to hear. I wish, I wish they would like be more places to do commentary, although they do, um, GCW a fair amount. And then obviously Renee is a delight. <laughs> Everybody loves Renee for good reason. So, and they had really good chemistry.
0: On- they did. And you could tell, you could tell that Renee was impressed with a lot of these people she'd probably been seeing for the first time. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was like genuinely having fun and impressed with like everything that she was you know witnessing in the ring so you could t- you could tell she was having a great time
1: yeah yeah for sure yeah they 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 really knocked it out of the park with commentary um you know weaving in like a little a little backstory here and there but just uh just just really having fun with it and and making it fun to listen to mm-hmm. um there was the stuff i liked on this whole show a sleeper hit for me was zoe sky versus jamie senegal something about me is that i love a david and goliath match
0: those are those are fun yeah
1: and like zoe sky was so quick and like jamie was like so like imposing and strong and it just like it made for such a fun match they seemed to like really click together in that match and really have a really good chemistry And I really loved it.
0: Uh, Yeah, it was really, really good. It was probably one of my my second or third favorite match of the show. Yeah. I saw Zoe Sky wrestle in 2008, Uh believe it or not, in front of like 50 people. She was challenging for the Shimmer Tag Team titles. And then I hadn't thought of her like hardly anything anytime since. Like I remember that match and then she kind of disappeared, went off the radar, and then she popped back up here. I'm like, who is this? Like, this name sounds familiar. I went and looked it up. I was like, oh, that's the person I saw in front of 50 people at the at the Sword Opera House challenging for the tag team, Shiver tag team titles against uh, Madison Rain and Nevaeh. I'm like, that's pretty crazy. It's like, but good for her. And she looked really good. I really, really enjoyed her match. And then she came back out and wrestled the second match on the evening show against, of all people, Marina Shafir. Oh, and man. And she just, she just got, <laughs> I mean, she got stuffed in like two or three minutes but it's like and i think she was supposed to wrestle um what's the dude ac romero on the evening show because they did i guess there was a spot or something that they did where she slammed him or something i don't know what it was but i guess it went viral a few years ago so they were going to do that rematch and i guess he wasn't cleared to travel or participate or whatever so marina Shafir stepped in um okay but zoe sky, yeah she look i'd like to see more of her. I'd like to see you know more of her matches. I'm going to go back and look her up
1: yeah i would like to see i would like to see more of her too i had a i had a really good time with her, and you know vert vixen i think is another one who I was really impressed with
0: same i've seen i've seen her get squ- you know like i've seen her on impact you know in squash matches and stuff but you know, she's really kind of developed that whole gaming character there on the, on, on the Indies. Yeah. And when I yeah. saw her on Impact, it's like, she just kind of had like the generic gear and stuff. But then I look at her knee, you know, she's got the whole gaming thing going on. And I looked at the knee pads, their switch controllers. I was like, this, she's pretty cool. You
1: know, I saw her like for a second on AEW, like she really didn't get a chance to like show how good she is. Cause she's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. She shows up in these little squash matches, and it's like, okay, you can't really get a sense of how good they are. But you watch these independent shows, man, you're just blown away. And I think she, is she the Defy Women's Champion?
1: I do not know.
0: Because I want to, I, because I swear I saw something on Twitter. by the been the Revolver Twitter where she was either challenging for the Defy Women's title, or she was defending the Defy Women's title, and I can't remember which. I think it was on that show they did Revolver did in Texas. Um, Um, I think
1: she is Defy Women's Champion. Okay.
0: Okay. So two things as we wrap, two things I want to talk about real quick. So I'm going to circle back to Billy Starks for a moment. Uh So we're talking about Billy Starks and how she's doing the whole minion thing with Athena. I think that's going to culminate in her challenging Athena final battle. What do you think?
1: Ooh, that would be great. That would be great, actually.
0: You know what's even better? Uh Uh-huh. Final battle is now included with the Honor Club subscription. Thank you. Which is God. <laughs> I know, I saw that. I was like, oh yes. I said, this is gonna save me so much damn money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: I'm not paying forty dollars for ROH pay-per-view. Are you I kidding just was good to the... Are you kidding me? They forty
1: dollars were... for an Absolutely not. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I
0: didn't I did not I didn't buy Death Before Dishonor. I bought Supercard of Honor, but I was like, okay, I'm not buying Death Before Dishonor. And then finally they announced today or yesterday as you're hearing this um that now pay-per-views at least final battle is included with your honor club subscription for 9.99 a month i was like okay
1: which it should, have been, all, it should have been all along really agreed
0: and they they were doing that before tony Khan took over they yeah. were you know they they were running all their shows on honor club pay-per-views house shows whatever and you got all that for your honor club subscription which i think was a great deal that's why thought at the time is one of the best deals in wrestling but then it got taken over they weren't doing live events all this sort of stuff happened but i am so happy that final battle is now included with the honor club subscriptions i hope they keep this up because that will get me to at least buy honor club for the months that they're doing pay-per-views and then you know watch what i want to watch on honor club cancel you know reorder it whenever there's a pay-per-view
1: I mean, I always have an Honor Club uh, subscription because I always want to watch ROH Young Buck matches. So I might actually keep up with ROH now because my friends and I were trying to to watch it because we wanted to support it. But Mm -hmm. then we realized that they were selling the pay-per-views for $40 and it wasn't on Honor Club. And we were like, absolutely not. So it's like, you know, when you can't see the culmination of all of these stories, you kind of don't really want to follow along
0: exactly and i bought the pay-per-views last year when they did because supercard of honor of 22 that was on honor club uh death before dishonor 22 was not but i bought it because it was briscoe's and ftr the the 45 minute match and the final battle last year wasn't either but i bought it because it was briscoe's ftr dog collar and then supercard this year wasn't either uh but I bought it because it was Super Card of Honor. And it's like, I got to see this because it's, you know, it looked like a really good show. Death Before Dishonored this year, like I said, I didn't buy because I was not interested in the card because they didn't announce the full card until two days before the show. Right. So I was still like, eh, whatever. Um, But yeah, no, I'm excited to honor, that we can watch pay-per-views now on Honor Club. Yeah, me too. Again, with the subscription. So that's going to get me to kind of maybe reinvest in ROH because I was really invested in the ROH right. until they kind of started kind of falling off the face of the earth, unfortunately, it's nothing of their doing, but and and Athena, then...
1: Athena has been um ROH's biggest draw, I think. I really oh, like, yeah, for Athena alone, I wanna I wanna follow along with ROH. So yeah, yeah, Bigger. I think that's but that's I all I that's got great news. Yeah. <laughs> so um I'm really looking forward to that. Maybe I'll follow along with Ring of Honor, probably not. But maybe um it's possible. <laughs> Same.
0: Same. I'll watch the pay per views.
1: I I kinda wanted to round this out this episode, uh, just talking about this one thing that happened on the, the Grand Prix which I thought was really cute and like is like giving me like hope for the future of wrestling. Um when uh during that during that tag team match, or after that tag team match
0: I think I know what you're gonna talk about. Yeah,
1: Jordan Grace and Killer Kelly won and then they were um being big old meanie heads. Um, and then Nevea's daughter came mm-hmm. out and gave Jordan Grace a DDT. That was so great. It was so
0: that, was good. So gra- <laughs> that was so great. That was so great. And I saw I think I think I saw something on Twitter backstage. It was Jake Christ giving 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 his daughter a high five for doing that too because that's, because Jake Christ and Neva are married. Right. So and that's their kid. So yeah, I was like I saw that, I was like, holy cow, that's awesome.
1: It was so cute, you know, and, like, I think stuff like that is really cute. And, you know, one of the things about women's wrestling um, is that we don't really have a lot of, like, these these through lines, like, these these bases. Like, so many wrestlers today have wanted to be wrestlers since they were little kids and have been able to see themselves be wrestlers since they were little kids. And that's not very true for girls and women, right? It's not, it's not like really thought of that way. So there's like sort of like this, this basis, this foundation of, you know, training and knowledge and all kinds of other stuff that a lot of women can't access. But to Mm -hmm. see it, like, kind of start, like, she's kind of, like, you know, this next generation that, like, little girls can, like, look at wrestling and be, like, that's so fun and that's so cool and I want to do that. And the fact that she could be, like, she could see her mom be so cool and then, you know, be a part of that. I just thought it was really cute. I thought it was, like, like, maybe she'll be a wrestler, maybe she won't. That's kind of not the point. The point is, like... We can we can start to see more of ourselves in wrestling. Like it's it's starting to feel more possible. And I just I just thought that that was lovely.
0: Oh, I thought I thought it was really fun too. And you know, like you said, the point is the it's not whether or not that you know Neveah's daughter wants to get into wrestling. If she does, great. They've got great teachers there, uh, Sammy Callahan. Uh, you know, has his academy and there's there's other great teachers here, uh, you know, in the area that she could go to. But, you know, if she wants to learn from somebody, learn from Sammy Callahan, learn from Jake Crist,
1: mm-hmm. learn
0: from Nevaeh. Yeah. And Jessica. Those are people you can, great wrestlers you can learn from. But if she doesn't want to go into wrestling, that's fine. Like you said, but she was there. She did that spot. And that's something that's, that people are going to be like, okay, yeah, I remember this. This was really cool. Yeah. And it's also going to get people talking about Revolver. Yes which is even better because the more people that watch revolver, more people to talk about it, the more buzz it gets, the more people are going to tune in to fight, the more people are going to go to shows. It works out pretty well all around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess I guess that's the 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 final note that I have cuz we're we're a little bit out of time here. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to I am going to uh find an excuse on a future podcast to talk about Masha Slamovich P, PWI number fifteen, the highest ranking woman in PWI history. Um let's,
0: let's make that our um our number one topic for next episode
1: like that we'll we'll do a we'll do a whole uh masha slamovich fan podcast episode as if yeah. all of our op- episodes are not masha slamovich <laughs> fan podcast episode
0: deep dive into the career of masha slamovich <laughs> right
1: but um with all of that said Thank you for listening to On the Indies. Please check out our other podcasts on the WrestleIn Network, All Elite Listening, Flight of Five, Ace Techers, Ocean Cyclone Show, Provision, Tokyo Joshi, Freedom Fighters, ChocoCast, and more. Plus, we have our Patreon-exclusive shows like Into the Wrestleverse, Noob Japan, um, etc. Check us out on Patreon or simply search WrestleIn wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on twitter allegedly at fake sport feel um also blue sky
0: and you can find me on the hell machine that is twitter uh <laughs> at writer adam 84 i'm also on blue sky at the same handle writer adam 84 so um i try to keep that uniform across all social media you can also find me on twitter at history of hwa if you got if you weren't sick of uh, me talking about hwa in the last episode then Good. You can hop on the history of HWA Twitter, check it out. I post daily results there. Um, subscribe to the history of HWA Substack at hwahistory.substack.com. I'm working on something pretty fun um, for that. That's going to be coming up in the month of November. I'm going to be working on also maybe putting some Substack ex- Substack exclusive content on there instead of just the, uh, the weekly HWA notes and results and whatnot. So, um, yeah, sign up there, join the fun and, uh, this has been fun. This I enjoy doing these.
1: Fun. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. We,
0: we talked, we talked about a nice variety of issues
1: Yes. Um, concerning
0: the wrestling universe,
1: <laughs> and there will be a variety, uh, more inevitably next time. So we hope you'll join us then. Bye.
0: Bye.